0: So Father, we thank you, um, yeah, just however we have come in tonight, Lord, we just take a deep breath. We just um, uh, are grateful that uh, you're a God who longs to be with us, uh, that you're a God who uh, pours out spirit and your spirit of wisdom and revelation so that we can know you more. Lord, I'm really grateful for um, where each person in the room is on their journey, and God, I just thank you that uh, you are a God of the journey, often not of the destination, and so we thank you for uh, the good gifts that you have for each one of us as we journey together. So whether Uh, Some of the things uh, as it relates to the Holy Spirit are brand new, Lord. We just pray that you would blow uh, in a fresh and a new way upon us. If we've journeyed with the Holy Spirit for a a while, Lord, we thank you that there's always more, just like this says. And so we just begin by saying, welcome, Holy Spirit. Uh, We give you this night, and we just pray that um, you would inhabit these Evenings um, in a special way, as we gather together, so we just love you, and we pray these things in the name of the Father, in the name of the Son, and in the name of the Holy Spirit amen amen, amen. good, awesome, all right, well, um Kevin and I, like i said, we 're just going to start off sharing a little bit, so. Uh, just from our own journey, uh, like I said, we we all start uh, somewhere <laughs> on the path, right? When it comes to the things of the spirit, and so I'm going to share a little bit about mine. I'm going to turn it over. Uh, let Kevin share a little bit about his journey, and then we're just going to share briefly about why we felt like uh, we wanted to do this now. Why this book? Why this material? Why are we working through this together? And then we'll, uh, yeah, talk through a little bit of the material tonight. So, you know, I, let's see, I would say that um, a lot of my journey with the Holy Spirit are kind of some of the more realities that we'll get into uh, as we work through this book together. Um, It started for me kind of when I was in college here at Central, and I was worshiping here at 3rd. And it was kind of a beautiful season of, uh, I would call it, exposure. So in some ways, um, I had grown up in the church, a beautiful Presbyterian church, had a family who had a, a vibrant relationship with Jesus. My dad is a total evangelist, so um, always, was always talking about the Lord wherever we went. And, um, but my exposure to some of the things of the Holy Spirit was pretty minimal, Um, If you've taken other classes here about the Holy Spirit with me, um, you know that sometimes um, in a lot of our more mainline evangelical denominations, we grow up with a faith that talks about God the Father, uh, Jesus the Son, and then we don't really talk a lot about the Holy Spirit. We love to talk about the Holy Bible. The scriptures kind of becomes almost the third member of the Trinity, rather than really understanding the person and the power of the Holy Spirit. And so that was true. Um, so grateful for the many foundations that were laid uh, in my uh, growing up uh, season, um, but when I got here... Um, I just entered in a, no, a whole new realm of exposure to some things that I had not really encountered before, from gifts of the Spirit, uh, you know, being a part of a uh, community on campus that had people from many different streams that were different from the stream that I grew up with. Um, one of my best friends came from a more charismatic stream and prayed in tongues, and I was like, what? What did it tell me about this? You know, I just didn't have much of a box. I wasn't neither like good nor bad, but it was like, just kind of like unique, you know? And so there was this level of exposure from healing and then uh, students who started uh, having prophetic gifts bubble up. And all of a sudden I began to be exposed to some of the things of the spirit that I just hadn't seen before. And I actually thought they were so beautiful. And I was really hungry to know more about that. And then um, in addition to exposure, I would say um, I got to a place kind of in my uh, just past college where um, I reached a, I would call it a place of desperation. And um, it, many of you know my story. I've been here a really long time, so you're probably like, we've heard your stories. Um, but uh, for me, r- Three weeks before my husband, John, and I got married right after college, my mom was diagnosed with a really um, aggressive form of cancer. So just out of the blue, a very healthy um, person her whole life. And then we get this gut-wrenching news that um, she has like a stage three, super aggressive, um, huge tumor in her abdomen. And the prognosis was basically that we can extend her life, but apart from a miracle um, This will take her home. And so at that point, if you've ever been in a situation like that, um, suddenly the miracles of the Bible, you're really hungry. You're really hungry to see God do now what you have seen him do um, in the scriptures. And so that's really where um, I would say my journey with the Holy Spirit, my hunger towards the more of God, um, you know, went very, very deep. Uh, I started, you know, just jumping into everything that I could read about the Holy Spirit, gifts of the Spirit, healing. Um, A lot of that was happening here. (laughs) We were learning a ton. Um, So it all kind of coincided together. And so um, in some ways, I I was practicing and learning these things right along the real life story of battling for my mom's life. And we... um, It was rich, actually. It was really beautiful. And I always tell people, even though we did lose my mom about two years later, like, I don't regret any of the things that we pursue, the amount of hours we got to pray over her, be with her in prayer. Um... We did see one uh, tumor just supernaturally healed in her hip. There was many ways we saw the intervention of God in her story, um, even though in the end um, she went home to be with the Lord. And so um, since that time, you know, there's a ton of mystery around healing, especially physical healing. Um, like anybody who's had a significant loss, you you dive into a lot of mystery and questions in that space. And so uh, I've certainly been in that uh, in different seasons of my life as well. But mostly for me, um, even in her loss, I felt like it was like pouring gasoline on a fire, of just saying, God, but I still want to see it. I still want more. I want it to become something that is a part of what it means uh, to see the kingdom come in my own life, um, in our community here at Third and beyond. And so that's, the, that's kind of a Cliff's Notes version of my journey into things. Uh, Third was a very significant uh, part of that, obviously. And, um, and here I still am, still hungry uh, for the more of God.
1: So, yeah. My story would be uh, about 45 years ago. Uh, I, I, let me start with a story. So, 45 years ago, I was sitting in my office, and one of the young women in the college group I was a part of, named Rita Sepulveda, came and said, My brother does not sleep at night, and he's screaming because these demons are, are, are threatening him. And now, I'm four years of seminary, I'm classically trained, I'm a pastor of a large church, and I had no idea what to do. And so I said, well, bring, bring this young kid over. He's three years old, four years old, and brought him over to, to my office. So it was this young man sitting here. I'm here. Rita's here. And Rita said, well, do something. Well, I said, well, play some Christian music at night and read the Bible over him. She said, I did, and nothing helped. So do something. So I said, okay. So the four years of seminary, pastor of a large church. I have no idea what to do. So I said, well, I guess I ought to pray. So I began to pray. And it was so odd if I can just, so I'm sitting right here. This little boy's shirt just started going like this. And all of a sudden, this retching sound and then a voice came out of this little boy, an adult voice. And the smell was like vomit. It was all over me. And then I just, I didn't know what to do. So I just said, in the name of Jesus, you have to leave. And that little boy fell asleep in my lap. So he fell over in his chair, landed in my lap, and he was completely asleep. Well, that, to me, said there's something about word and spirit. <laughs> and I experienced it very personally. So that began my journey. So then, as Steph describes, we have been, I was lucky to be trained by, back in the day, about 15 really well-known people who work with word and spirit, praying for healing, casting out demons, all those things. So I was very well-trained. And so for about 12 and a half years, I was very, very actively involved in all that in California. When we came to Pella, uh, I I didn't feel like I should do that anymore. And the reason why is when I came to Pella in 1992, so many things revolved around the pastor. And I felt, when I asked the elders about this, instead of me being the prayer, we need to create a people, a community of people who could pray and a community who cast, could cast out demons, and a community who believed in the power of God. And so we, we messed with it for about a decade. And then 2002, um, I, I invited the whole congregation for a whole series of weeks to come with me either at the noon hour or an evening. And we went through uh, a book entitled uh, Receiving the Power by Long McMurray. And what the emphasis is God's spirit comes upon us, for missional activity, the Spirit is within us for character formation and the fruit of the Spirit, upon and within. And about five or 600 people went through at that time and then we took all the elders and deacons for three years, consecutive years, through the Word and Spirit Church, Word and Power Church. So at that time, hundreds of people were exposed to Word and Spirit. But we've been on a journey since 2002 trying to live this out. And we've done fits and starts. We've done some things well and some things poorly. But we felt like there was probably several thousand people who had not been exposed to any of this. And so for a variety of reasons, Steph had the great idea, let's try it with our staff, let's try it with the elders and deacons, let's try it to the whole whole congregation. So this book is the one we chose, and because it has very solid theological footings. The author is a conservative, theologically, charismatic, Calvinistic Baptist. He hits a whole bunch of the streams. And so, what we thought was, this would be a great tool for us to use together. So, what we'd like to do weekly. Would be, uh, I'll bring. Oh, well, maybe if you could read the chapter, I'll spend 15 minutes just hitting the high points, just summarizing it. Steph's going to lead us through table conversations, and then we want to end up doing this together, actually experiencing something of the Holy Spirit with, with each other in prayers and small groups. No one has to do anything. but We're just like to invite us to take some baby steps in, and hopefully, by the end of our time you have a much greater appreciation that God's Word and Spirit are active and that these are accessible to all of us, not just some of us, all of us. And it might be fun to see how the Holy Spirit might unleash this in our church family. So back to you, Steph. You want to take us somewhere? You want to do the introduction?
0: Yeah, I'll I'll summarize the introduction, so I'll save you a few pages if you uh, haven't read the book. So um, the author is a guy named um, Simon, and I have to say his name with a British accent, or I feel like I can't say it, Ponsonby. And uh, he's really delightful. He's a delightful writer. I've listened to him as well. Um, But he starts off kind of sharing this story about... uh, he felt like the Lord was going to tell him something about the church. And then uh, that day, all of a sudden, I can't remember, he's, he's vacationing or somewhere with his family and his wife calls out like, help us, we need you. And there's some kind of koi or like carp pond. And this um, carp is like found himself in the very shallow end of this uh, pool area. And it is just, um, you know, splashing around in the shallow space and he's dying right? It's dying in the shallows because um, it it can't get air there. That's not where it's supposed to be. And so he um, scoops it up on like a garbage can lid and like brings it back to the deep end uh, of the pond and then it swims away happily. And then... yeah, to his chagrin, there's a few more carp that find their way up to uh, the shallow end and don't make it. And um, the short of it is this: is that he just felt like then when he went back to the room, the the Lord said, um, "The church is is wallowing; it is suffocating in the shallow ends, and and we need a sustained, permanent immersion into the deep end of God." And so uh, many of us are shaking our heads like, yes, uh, you know, we look around um, culturally, uh, we look around at like the broader church, and I think most of us would say, we need something more, right? We need something more, we need something deeper, and so... um, You know, really, in the first chapter, and Kevin's going to go over more of the content, but um, we're really going to be talking about tonight, like, uh, how do we get to this deep end of our faith? Why do we need to be there? What happens when we aren't? And so um, this is a a beautiful book that really is an invitation, right? It's an invitation to keep moving from the places uh, on our journey where maybe we're in the shallow end. And, and the, the Lord is inviting us to go deeper together. And so um, we're excited. The fact that you're in this room uh, means that you, you're hungry for that deep end uh, of, the, uh, of the waters. And so we're, we're really uh, excited to take this journey with you.
1: Good, so let me just try because I'm assuming many haven't read. I'm going to take you through just seven eight little paragraphs or sentences that just kind of let you see what the content is in chapter one, and then, then we're going to segue to some questions. And At the end of every chapter, there are questions listed, so those will be available. Here's another book uh, if you need, oh, you're good to go. Okay, so can you go to page, uh, page 15, please? I'm going to just hit a few sentences in the numbered places, top of 15. In light of what Steph just shared, many Christians are unaware that a deep end exists. Uh, we've become so used to living in the shallows that we think this is the norm. We don't often think there is more available to us. So that's one of the questions I think as we, as we do this together, one of the things I think you're going to have to wrestle with is, do I, do I believe there is more? Is there more in the person of the Holy Spirit? And will I will I understand that in light of scripture, this is why it's so critical. One of the things we're gonna see here, he's gonna talk about we have to have experiences with the Lord. Not just so in our tribe, our tribe, some of you are guests in our church tonight, so welcome all. But our tribe values the brain, cognitive understanding. So people like me, our clergy generally have four years of theological education. Sometimes we have more. We value high levels of theological education. But we do not value experiences with the Lord. And so what I'm, what I'm going to observe, if you look at culture, look at the movies that we have had since Star Wars. Culturally, there is a desire for the supernatural. There is a desire for that which is bigger and beyond us. And if all we offer as the Christian church is doctrine and dogma and ideas, we are, we're not even going to be in the game. So this is why word and spirit is so critical. So we don't even know the deep end exists. Can I take you over to page 19, please? I like what he says near the top. Um, he's going to talk about it. And if you read the chapter later, he does not believe near the top in the second blessing. Look, next sentence. It is rather a repeatable, constantly repeatable, deepening experience of God's spirit. Who brings a greater revelation of the person and work of Christ, a blazing for Christ, a greater and more effective empowering a witness to Christ, and the transforming character conforming to the character of Christ? Amen. Ever deepening experience of God's Spirit. Who brings greater revelation? So let me give you an, an example of that. So last week Sunday morning, so all, all, in Sundays, Mike Redman, and I, the different worship leaders, staff, Midparent Ministries, we're trying to be sensitive to the leading of the Spirit in the moment. 11 o'clock service last week, Sunday. In the back row, I saw Robbie Robinson. Robbie is the pastor of New Creation Church in, in, uh, in Newton. We as the congregation are funding that church plant. He and his whole family were sitting in the back row. He has a break from preaching. He was in church. While I'm preaching, I had this sense, see, I just read Greater Revelation. I had the Holy Spirit prompt me, talk to Robbie after the service. So after the service we asked his family to come forward. I'm listening to the Holy Spirit. I asked a police officer from Newton to pray over Robbie and his family. And while we were praying, I remembered that someone had given me $500 in cash and someone had given me $1,000 in cash and said, if a need arises, share it. So while the police officer, Dwayne Rosendahl, is praying for Robbie and his family, I had a sense I needed to run my office and get $1,500 in cash. Service is over. I said, Robbie, can I talk to you for just a minute? I said, can I mercy? Because I didn't want to come across as some condescending white guy talking to a, a black pastor. I said, I, so, spirit of revelation. I said, Robbie, I think I'm supposed to give you some money. <laughs> I said, I have $1,500. I want to give that to you. And I don't know why I'm supposed to give it to you. And Robbie, who is a, a powerful man, powerful man, breaks down in tears. You know why? Because the day before their furnace died. He's sitting in church and I got a prompt to give him money. Two people had given me to help him repair his furnace. See, that's, that's what I'm talking about. Word and spirit are are dancing together with us. So I had a sense of listen and respond. So that would be another thing. Okay. But there's more to the spirit. So now farther down, second full paragraph near the bottom. So I believe in the baptism of the spirit, the fillings of the spirit, the anointing of the spirit, the ever increasing, ever deepening immersion into the spirit. And then the quote, yes, I believe in the second blessing. It comes after the first and before the third. Mm -hmm. There's more. When I was in seminary, there was a young man who was very arrogant, said to one of my professors, we're going through Ephesians 4, and we're studying the Greek text. And the Greek text is, keep on being filled with the Spirit. The Greek text is, keep on ever being filled with the Spirit. That's how it reads in the original. And so one young man in the class says to the professor, we don't need to be filled with the Spirit. We already got the Holy Spirit. We need more of the Spirit. And Dr. Fuller said, it's easy because we leak. Amen. We need more of the Spirit, more of the Spirit, more of the Spirit. Number three, the third, third thing I'd like you to see. Turn over to please page uh, 23. The last full sentence in the second paragraph. And it is this that we are after. This is what we're longing for. The ongoing experience, the ever deepening intimacy with our father. Now, have you heard what Steph said about the story of her mom's transitioning from this life to the last? Next. I watched she and her family hunger for more of the Lord in a great time of challenge. When Meg, Michael her father, little mm-hmm. breast cancer, John has had testicular cancer. When a family experiences these things, we gathered around and we were, we were striving together, asking the Lord for grace and mercy to be present. But it, it was this ongoing experience of pain that would brought to deeper and deeper intimacy. So if you know Steph's story, she can tell you stories and examples of things that cost her to learn to go deeper and deeper. Is that true for anybody else here? Any what us we're talking about here? Yeah? Okay. How about one of those? Um, page 26. The first full paragraph. Second sentence. Von Roberts, who recently told me, in Christ we have everything. But manifestly, we aren't living in light of all we've received in Christ. We have more available, but we're not accessing it. And that's why we want to be word and spirit. Number f- five is, is on page 28, near the first full paragraph, top of the page. This is a really interesting sentence. First sentence, first full paragraph. The desire for more of God is a sign of spiritual health. Amen. The mature want more. And I think that speaks to who you are. There's a desire for more, which means there's a, there's a, there's a degree of health here among us. So I just want to honor that and thank you for that. The next page page 29. And I referenced this a few minutes ago and he says in the first sentence, top of page 29, I purposefully emphasize the word experience and will seek to show from Scripture the importance of experience. A non-experiential religion is suspect for it fails to deal with the totality of our being. So we need to experience the more of the Holy Spirit. Can I take you over to page 31 please? Near the bottom, second full paragraph. Our experience by the Spirit is an experience of God the Spirit. Therefore, we should expect that the Spirit's divine attributes and predicates somehow define our experience of Him. The Spirit cannot mediate something other than His being, which is love, power, holiness, self-giving, Christ-centering. Little farther, we expect mountaintop experiences of God but we must also expect to experience God in the mundane. Encounters may be a divine transcendence, but they may also include a sense of divine absence. Maybe the most common will be a subtle accompanying presence through a long, hard, faithful road of obedience. But we always want to ask for more. Page 32 near the top. First full paragraph. Second sentence. Our relationship with God can seldom deepen without the Bible. But that relationship is with God and not with the Bible. So sometimes, I think in our tribe, we elevate the Bible more than the person of God the Father, God the Son, and God the Spirit. And I, can I just say that carefully? That's heresy. That's off. So we need to be mindful of that. The next page, page 33. But the fifth sentence down. Many Christians receive the fullness of the Spirit in a more measured way. And then he says, and I think this is so good, and, and we'll talk about this more. The manner in which we experience the Spirit's river of fullness flowing is not the main concern. The fact and fruit of the experience is. Two sentences down. What matters for us is not a crisis experience per se, but the fruit of a life live in deep intimacy with and powerful ministry for Christ. And one last one, page 35. He says on the top of the page, In this book, he says, I hope to show where the modern church has often been effective in light of what the scriptures reveal concerning the person and work of the spirit in the life of the Christian. Now, I hope at the end of our our class, my story about Robbie two Sundays ago, we will be able to tell stories like that with each other at our tables. That we will have experiences that we can share, testify this is this is how the Lord met me. This is how the Lord touched me, called me, directed me, and this is what happened in light of that. So that we can be encouraged in our relationship with Christ, and we can encourage each other to seek the more. Steph, may I pass the ball to you?
0: Actually, that's a good prompt for me too. just um
1: <laughs>
0: I think I think I'm gonna yeah, not use that one. Um just Like Kevin said, be paying attention. All right. So, uh, I love to start off classes about the Holy Spirit with with um, God's stories. So you know, maybe as we gather. Uh, each Sunday night. Uh, just be attentive to what the Lord is doing throughout your week. Be attentive to the invitations of the Holy Spirit. Um, and then we'll make a little bit of space uh, as we begin each week to just share. Where, where are ways that we encountered the Holy Spirit this week? What were invitations? How do we see God move? And those testimonies do become an encouragement um, for all of us together. So uh, so pay, be paying attention. All right, we're going to move into some time of just uh, spending time tonight uh, in some table discussion. And, um, sometimes we'll use the questions from the back of the book. Sometimes we'll make our own. Um, like I said, we just were, we're tonight, we're just going to explore a little bit about where we, where maybe we are, have been on our own journey, share some stories. So tonight's, um, have a little bit of content to them, but part of it is just going to be some story sharing in our, in our tables, uh, about our journeys, um, just knowing that uh, not all of us have had the chance to be in the content. And so um, so the questions that I'm referring to are going to be these bulleted questions right here at the top of this handout. Um, if the Holy Spirit leads you a different direction, that's okay. These are just designed to be prompts. Um You're also, if you were able to read this week or in response to what Kevin shared, if something really lifted for you that you want to talk about, obviously feel free to do that. Um, The second thing that I would also say is that... um, If any questions would arise as you're talking, if any questions would arise uh, as you're reading the material, make sure to make note of those because we're going to do a little bit of um, just kind of large group sharing and discussion after our time at tables. And so, um, so let's spend... Let's spend like 15 to 20 minutes together just uh, talking through some of these things. Um, If you're at a table with people that you have not met before, can you take the first couple of minutes and just introduce yourself um, uh, and who you are before you launch into the questions, and then I'll regather us just a, a touch before seven. So, all right. Yeah, you know, I love one of the words that the New Testament really uses to describe um, what it means to be in Christ is fullness, right? So we're, we're journeying towards fullness, and um, yes, who would say like, oh, I've attained fullness in Christ, right? There, there's obviously so much more, and uh, the cross, right? Uh, appropriated and, and opened the door for us to begin the journey into the more that God uh, really has for us. And we were just saying, you know, before how, we were like, how did we read the New Testament before we kind of knew some of this and miss that, right? How did we miss everything that was happening in Acts and, um, you know, the expansion of the church and miss that reality, Um but somehow, you know, I think, and I think actually there's a, um, I don't think the intent always is bad, right? Because we want to honor Jesus. We want to honor his death on the cross, the sacrifice. But one quote that I love from the book is where, you know, um, when Ponsonby talks about being filled with the spirit, the fruit of that is greater revelation of the person in work of Christ, blazing love for Jesus, great and more effective witness for Christ, uh, a transforming conformity to the character of Christ. So in no way is the more of the Holy Spirit a diminishment, right, of Christ in his person in any ways. It actually begins to help us to walk into a greater revelation of who Jesus is amongst us. So yeah, which is so beautiful. But um, as we uh, close tonight, I want to move into um, just a little bit of a a time of experience together. Um, One of the questions that we uh, talked with a little bit about at our table too was, have you ever experienced disappointments um, around longings or things that you had hoped for in your journey with the Spirit? And um, I wanted to start with that or I wanted that to be a part of our our discussion tonight because um, the reality is we have probably. That is probably part of our journey. And sometimes actually those disappointments can become um, almost a place of we disqualify ourselves. Um, we're, uh, We're not sure that God wants to do for us what he's done for somebody else. Um, you know, I think in our own body, especially, we just feel like, well, you know, maybe the Holy Spirit's only for the super, super spiritual people, and and this is, this is maybe not for me, you know, and so. Um, You know, we just shared at our our table just different places where we, when we were on the beginning in some of the early stages of the journey, like just real disappointments. You know that we had with God. You know, I've shared this in some other spaces when I've been teaching, but you know, for me, uh, one of my real disappointments was when my mom was sick with cancer. I prayed and prayed for the gift of tongues. You know, because. Um, I don't know if you've ever prayed for healing, but you can only pray words for healing, like, Lord, heal my mom of cancer so many times, and you feel like you're running out of words. So I I asked for the gift of tongues. I had people lay hands on me. I mean, I pursued and pursued and pursued and pursued and pursued that gift, and it never came the entire time uh, that she was sick. Um, and then a year later, on my birthday, the Lord said, ask me what ask me for what you want for your birthday. And I was like, God, I want to speak in tongues. And it just came like that. And so, and we just said too, what a mystery, yeah. right? And that's part of what we'll, we'll learn on this journey too. There's so much mystery oftentimes around the things of the Spirit, the timing and things, but um, there can be some real, uh, yeah, just disappointments and also uh, just needing to name some things uh, about where we're at on the journey. And so, what we're going to do um, as we kind of come to our closer tonight is we're going to respond to the Lord in prayer. And I'm going to do a really simple exercise. You've probably done this, we've done it in church before. We just use kind of a hands up, hands down, and then hands back up. And so, what we'll do is we're going to uh, open up our hands tonight because we're on the beginning of our journey. And so I'm going to tell you what we're going to do, and then we'll actually do it. But we're going to let pile up in our hands anything we're bringing into this class tonight that maybe might hinder the more that God longs for us to experience. Maybe it's a fear. Uh, Maybe it's a disappointment. Maybe it's a disqualification that you feel like you have, Um, an old mindset Um, places where it's hard to let go of control, you know, so we're going to let the Holy Spirit just lift things for us. And then we're going to let those pile up in our hands. We'll release those to Jesus um, and just ask him to meet us, to minister to us in those places. We're going to release those things to the Lord tonight and just say, God, I really do long for the more. And we're going to flip our hands back up and just welcome whatever it is that Jesus has for us. Uh, for this next um, stage of the journey. All right, and then we might just debrief that uh, for a minute at our table.
1: I might tell you a story. Yep. Uh, with permission, uh, there a young, younger person, younger than me, was sexually abused by a father and uh, has been carrying a lot of pain for quite a season. Uh, two Sundays ago, if you remember, I asked in the, in the sanctuary service at the 11 o'clock service if you wanted to leave things Right things, leave things. Uh, this person who had been carrying hurt toward Father for a long time had an experience with Jesus. Mm-hmm. And at that moment, she said, this person said, my life, I physically felt my life shift. Mm-hmm. Something shifted for her. And uh, so I've been following up the last several weeks and something got left and something was changed. So that's what Steph's talking about. Yep. Yeah. yeah.
0: Yeah, that divine exchange is real.
1: Yes,
0: yes. <laughs> it's very real. Mm-hmm. So I'm going to invite you to go ahead and just close your eyes and, like I said, just move into a posture of open-handedness. So again, we just say, welcome, Holy Spirit. And, Holy Spirit, we just want to ask you now. We don't need to strive But we would just welcome you to begin to bring to mind, just uh, begin to lift for us, Lord. Um, God, what might be hindering us from receiving the more that you have? So again, is there fear, disappointment, disqualification, a message you've swallowed? And I'm going to just be quiet, and I'm going to ask the Holy Spirit to lift those. So, Lord, we just want to feel the weight of those things in our hands tonight. Maybe places we've struggled with shame. Some of us have swallowed a message about our person. That's keeping us from receiving the, the value, the worth that you have in Jesus. And so, God, we just feel the weight of those things. And right now we say, Lord, we just uh, we want to give these to you. So we flip our hands over now. And we thank you, Jesus, that you want to set us free. You want to clear the path. We thank you for the wind of your spirit blowing any debris off the path, the journey. And we just release that weight into your capable and healing hands tonight then I just invite you to flip your hands back over and you don't have to do it out loud, but just um, quietly, would you welcome what the Lord has for you for this next season? Would you just welcome him? Lord, are there any specific words you want to speak? Anything you want to place in our hands? So Father, even as I look around the room, I thank you for lighting a fresh fire in each hand that's open. And I just hear the phrase too, just the freedom to enjoy the more. So I just pray a blessing for a freedom to enjoy the more. We just pray this together in the name of the Father, in the name of the Son, and in the name of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen. Amen.
1: What's our assignment for next week, Steph?
0: <laughs> well, they're not done yet. I'm gonna make, I'm gonna invite you to do one more thing. Okay. So um, if you're comfortable and would like to, you could sh- you can share about the experience with your neighbor. If you um, would rather not, that's okay too. But could we close? Because like Kevin said at the beginning, um, we just think this is an all-play thing, you know. We don't want to be the ones up here that we're we're we have the spirit. We're demonstrating. We want it. We want this to be something that uh, we are practicing and moving into together. And so um, we love the Ephesians one and three prayers. And so um, after you share, or just as we get ready to go tonight, would you? Um, uh, pray this over someone next to you or over uh, in pairs or in groups of three, would you just bless each other with uh, Ephesians 1, 17 through 21 that says this, I keep asking that the God of our Lord Jesus Christ, the glorious Father, may give you the spirit of wisdom and revelation so that you may know him better. Pray that the eyes of your heart may be enlightened in order that you may know the hope to which he has called you, the riches of his glorious inheritance and his holy people, and his incomparably great power for us who believe. So as we close tonight, yes, we'll be in chapter two next week. So as you get your books, we'd love for you to read, mark up your books, write down questions, uh, just be attentive to Holy Spirit this week. We'll start with some God stories next week. And, um, and would you bless each other on your way out the door? Oh, sure.
1: If you have questions and like us to try to answer, if you read, the, our addresses there are Steph H. at TRC Pella and Kevin K. And we'll try to, I will respond within 24 hours. Steph will be less than that, but we'll, we'll get back to your questions.
0: Everybody who gets email from me is like, no, she won't. <laughs> so (laughs) awesome well so glad to have you here feel free to share bless and then uh be blessed in your week so amen